Hi, welcome to the Sage's Cabin podcast. I'm your host, Rox Madeira. So grab a cup of tea and come and join me in the Sage's Cabin as we chat about everything from herbal gardening, herbal medicine, movement practices, wild food, postnatal and just general well-being. Nice to have you on the podcast. Yeah, cool. Great um, to be here. <laughs> um, and it would be great if you could start off with an intro and tell me a bit about you guys, who you are, what you what you do, and yeah. about your cookbook. Yeah, my name is Danny Jack. Um, I grew up in Mid Wales, but my family originally from Scotland. Um, me and Haley met in Edinburgh in 20, 2009. And we've been in London for 10 plus years now. Um, and one of our favourite things to do is to escape the city in our camper van. And yeah, we're really looking forward to being a part of the Scottish Food Festival. Um, and I'm Hayley Kukura. Uh, as Danny says, we met in Edinburgh. Um, I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest in America, uh, from a small island called Orcas Island, just in between Vancouver and Seattle. And uh, yeah, I grew up there for most of my life. And it's, it's a very beautiful place, um, heavily forested on, in the, not in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, but um, with kind of a, a, an archipelago. Um, so there are other islands around it. And yeah, it's a very, um, beautiful. very beautiful bucolic um, place with orca whales and um, the, the kind of the, the sort of food and kind of my experience with with food and working in restaurants started very young um working in um a place called ships bay and yeah just kind of connection to nature was um was really kind of founded from a very early age yeah. um and yeah and then i moved over to scotland uh, to study art and art um architecture and art history um at edinburgh university and then met danny working in a place called the dogs which um yeah it's a great restaurant in, in the city. I think a lot of people might be on, ha- with on it. Hanover Street. Yeah, on Hanover in, Street. In Edinburgh. So, yeah, we met there. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, now we're in London. Um, Danny's continuing to run his event space, um, running all kinds of events from weddings to pop ups and supper clubs. Um, and I do help him on the occasion, but I now work for uh, the VA as a project manager. Um, What's the VA? Uh, the Victoria and Albert Museum. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. And we're really looking forward to going to the festival to share our book. To share uh, share our book that we uh, released together. We wrote the book 
uh, our Van Life cookbook um, last year. And really that kind of came about as a result of lockdown, the first lockdown in 2020. And we found ourselves in the Highlands um, with Danny's parents, um, which wasn't a bad place to be uh, during that time. And we had taken our, um, we had our van up there, but it wasn't sort of fully complete. And we, I guess, took the opportunity to do the finishing touches and Danny finished the fit out of the kitchen and I painted a mural inside. Um, and then by the time that we could travel back down to London, um, it was it was kind of a ready, it was ready to go. Um, and we kind of took our time coming back down south and saw friends when we were able to. Obviously at that time, you know, we couldn't go into each other's houses and things, but it just gave us that, um, I guess that freedom and that flexibility to um, at least go for walks with people that we hadn't seen for a very long time. And I guess just cook on our feet and um, really enjoy the, the kind of beauty of the Scottish and then the English countryside. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess it was that summer that we kind of came up with the idea of the book. Um, and it's something that we'd been kind of thinking about for a while previously, but I guess just that kind of make do and mend approach to cooking, um, finding sort of the best from farm shops and foraging, foraging exactly. Um, and, you know, really kind of enjoying the, the kind of produce um, in, in kind of various places, um, not just in the UK, but anywhere and sharing our sort of tried and tested tricks to cooking from a small kitchen in our circumstance obviously it was a van but it could apply to boats or yeah. tiny homes or cabins um or you know a multitude of of um of, of kind of uh, of areas and places yeah um so yeah i can answer that i did i did most of the build um part-time outside of my work as a chef um and yeah it's funny because the design of the van ended up with quite a kind of professional kitchen kind of aesthetic. I mean, it's it's obviously tiny because it's in the van. Um, but I've got a nice worktop area. I've got like a decent size 12 volt fridge. Um, I've got a magnetic knife rack for keeping my knives like sharp um, and not in the cutlery jaw kind of thing. Um, and I've got a double burner gas stove um, and, you know, all my favorite pots and frying pans and stuff so and there's a little sink in there as well so it's it's pretty well kitted out in terms of being able to cook like quite a good kind of range of food in there um and so what was this specific question about like the Just any like, tip, like top tips yeah what? kind of like top tips if you're trying to kit out somewhere yeah i mean obviously try and keep uh, keep the budget in in check and like I love eBay and Gumtree and finding bargains like most of my kitchen kit I've picked up from charity shops over the years mm -hmm. um you know colanders metal spoons things that just last last a lifetime and by consequence they're like really nice hand-picked items as well um but yeah I don't really buy any kitchen kit brand new generally <laughs> like even the camp stove in the van I got from uh, Deptford Market in South London which is like a junk market um, <laughs> and I got it for like 10 quid and it's like this beautiful vintage double gas burner so 
You can have a nice fit out, but you don't always have to spend loads of money and it's quite a fun adventure. So looking for it, I guess. At least it was an arcade. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Haley did like all the artwork and and um, just put all the finishing touches on. So we're pretty yeah, crafty. Kind of nice as well, isn't it? Kind of have it like aesthetically pleasing, then you really want to be in the space. Definitely. Yeah, lighting is key. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Okay, so this is another question from Phyllis, which is, I guess it's very specific <laughs> to, to her situation. So she wants to know, how do you move around in the space? Because she lives, her husband's uh, six foot and she wants, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good question, actually. Um, so, I mean, I guess different, uh, there are different kind of fit outs for different bands, obviously, yeah. but you know, you still standing height. Yeah, it's standing high. It's a Renault master. So you do get quite a big uh, sort of headroom, I guess. Yeah. But also, I mean, you, Danny, you, you, you kind of keep it relatively open for your catering events. So I think mm. by nature, actually, you know, not fitting it out too much um, so that, you know, it's kind of user friendly in that sense. Like you can always bring sort of seats and things, um, even though inbuilt seating is great. And the kind of garage part um, is, is relatively open. So you can put bikes and, you yeah. know, other things underneath. And it is a little bit of a kind of moving around of different different things that you pack. But what it means is just, it just feels more generous as a space um, if you're spending quite a lot of time in there. Yeah. You said we don't have like a fixed uh, table or seating in the van. So the there's more room to move around when you're cooking and stuff. And we try and set up camp chairs and a little table and eat outside when the weather allows. And do you have like a, a set bed and things in there? Or is that- Yeah, the bed's, the bed's fixed, but it's, it's quite high up in the van. So there's lots of like storage room underneath. In my God, like look on YouTube or Instagram at like van builds, like people have, just taking it to another level in terms of what you can do especially in the states like just you know it's incredible what you can fit into a normal builder's van <laughs> yeah. so um so let's move on to the actual the food and the cooking and stuff which is what's going to be at the festival i, I presume you're going to bring the van to the festival you will yeah yeah, yeah. and we'll be doing some demos of um from of our recipes so we'll do um some little samples and book, yeah. yeah from our from our book We've, we're going to choose a little selection um and then kind of talk through uh some of the really quick and easy ways that you can i guess declutter and kind of um decomplicate <laughs> cooking especially when you're sort of traveling on the road mm, yeah that's handy do you have any tips that you could give us just now that um let's examples? see Yes. Um, I mean, I think what kind of hinders not everyone, but some people is is the kind of thought of having to go for like a really big supermarket shop before they go on a trip. And I guess depending on who you're going with and size of group and where you're going, like sometimes that might be the case. But broadly speaking, I think from most kind of circumstances, you can kind of look what you have in your cupboards, particularly for sort of cupboard staples like pasta and rice and grains um, and kind of take you know take away containers or jars and sort of fill that up before uh, and we always use old um, uh, bread crates like you can I think pick them up outside bakeries 
um, and they stack really nicely. And if you kind of use that as your little pantry section, um, and then actually that way you don't spend so much time in a large Tesco or elsewhere, and you can go to like farm shops or even pick your own. Yeah. Um, and you know, make it just much more of a kind of fun adventure. Yeah. Um, and generally, yeah. when when we're on the road, if we're you know if we're going for a weekend or a week, we'll try and buy our meals each day, like by diverting to a farm shop or finding like a seafood shack where we can get some mussels, and then we're just cooking the food straight away, so we're not having to like store lots of stuff in the van, mm-hmm. um, and everything's as fresh as possible, and like just that process of like trying to source the food directly from like farms, farm shops, um, fishmongers or or fishermen. It's just so much more value in that for us than going to a supermarket and spending like, you know, even if it's just half an hour, that's a precious half an hour of your holiday that you're in like a bright supermarket. yeah exactly yeah and I guess you can eat more kind of locally and like more diverse as well when you're on the road absolutely yeah you could just eat yeah you went you went on a week-long trip to Cornwall recently yeah and that was a really good case study and like and I know you you know I wasn't able to go with you but it was a really good example of like how flexible and kind of agile you can kind of take cooking on the road Mm. yeah absolutely yeah I don't think you went into a large supermarket once yeah no it was great it was like just opened up this whole other like section of society (laughs) so (laughs) and did did, did you go like do you go do you do fishing or something while you're there or kind of can you just buy stuff from the like the fishermen um yeah I mean it really depends like if you're in a fishing village and you have to just have to seek these places out don't you um but I'm pretty good at sniffing out like good food. <laughs> Honed after we years both of experience. Are, yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of like yeah, you kind of just tune into it. Yeah. And and like just type in farm shop on Google Maps and like you'll often find it's not much of a detour from from your route anyway, and you can sort of stock up on the way. Exactly. And I was gonna say as well on the on the kind of foraging side of things. Um I mean, it's great if you can make a full meal, um, but often, you know, completely dependent on the seasons and where you are. Um, but I think one yeah. essential resource we always take with us is our little Collins foraging guide. Um, and I mean, Danny's been kind of doing this for a long time now. And then so have I when I've been able to kind of go with him on weekends, but just kind of knowing what's out there mm. and the sort of terrain that you're that you're on or traveling through um and of course then the season so it's like oh this kind of looks like it might be samphire ter- territory and then kind of stopping by and then that's like a really great yeah. green addition to say mussels or something yeah um so yeah it's always a nice added bonus when when you can kind of find um food in the wild yeah definitely. yeah definitely and obviously as we're the wild food festival <laughs> let's, <Exactly>. let's <laughs> promote that a bit more <laughs> so um yeah. Do you have any like kind of I don't know favorite foraged foods that while you're at? Yeah, I mean so many. I think like I kind of hone it down through the seasons, and like thinking about the Scottish Wild Food Festival, I'm just getting excited about what's going to be around then. I mean, chanterelles, like definitely because we're up in Scotland in September. Want to? I've got a couple of spots, and I definitely want to try and visit those. 
that's like forage's gold right there um <laughs> rose hips i think it might be a bit early for rose hips but one of my favorite i get recipes and we have this in our book as well is a rose hip cordial um and that's basically picking the bright orange bright red hips from the bush um and then you make a really rich vitamin c packed cordial like you would an elderflower cordial um and yeah it's great for winter warding off colds and do you strain uh, strain it to get yeah, strain it yeah. yeah yeah we've got a recipe for it in the book it's quite it's quite simple it's one of those like really old school kind of preserve recipes that you can find in like mrs beaton's or something <laughs> um so what um at the festival are you what tell tell me more about what you're going to be doing well we like i said we're going to be driving up in the van um and we have we've got quite a lot booked over that weekend actually so we have two um kind of yeah demonstrations on saturday um probably about 45 minutes or so um do you remember what time each. they're at i think off the top of my head they're 1, <laughs> 1 p.m and 3 p.m 3 p.m um yeah, on, available on the website book. Um, and we'll we'll kind yeah. of start. With, yeah, <laughs> um, we'll start with uh, yeah some some samples again, just kind of doing like a little starter, um, and then kind of talking through a, like a lunch preparation, um, and that will be from our van, and Danny will kind of talk through from a sort of chef's perspective. Yeah, but it will be like a typical kind of meal that we would cook in the van yeah exactly yeah so it'll be very kind of accessible um and yeah we'll we'll, we'll um we're looking forward to kind of creating the, the menu from that um you know from when we travel up obviously but then also kind of based on on some of our recipes from our book uh and then yeah we'll kind of talk through again some of the practicalities of cooking in a small space so even just small things like having a small cutting board and if you Danny's so taught me this quite early on and it's been really useful um putting like a wet cloth underneath so that it doesn't slip around um kind of organizing your space thinking about the containers that you might have and that you would reuse not just in your kind of trips but just day to day even just thinking about taking lunch to work you know it's kind of mm. having a having a kind of systems-based approach to, to not becoming overwhelmed with all the different utensils and containers that yeah. you might think you might need um, yeah. but actually it can be pretty rough and ready um yeah. and it doesn't need to take up that much space and even just talking to you like you know washing up I think a lot of people are like no I'll just you know maybe stop by here or kind of go out um because it, it might seem like a, a kind of onerous task but actually one there's so many things you can cook on two hobs mm. in one pot mm. um that hardly take any time to kind of clean up and then before you know yeah. it you're finished and yeah. enjoying the sunset <laughs> absolutely yeah no yeah lots of one pot cooking I and mean, that's essentially what all the recipes in the book are designed for exactly. um I, I heard a fact recently that i quite liked that the majority of the world's population cook in pots and not and don't use an oven at all so um i was like yeah it kind of makes sense like we love our roasts over here so we kind of think it's like an essential piece of kit but like huge majority of the world don't don't use ovens <laughs> yeah. and then um also worth mentioning on sunday um i think at 12 30 uh we'll be hosting uh lunch in the dome tent so yeah, yeah tickets are available and we'll do a kind of three course lunch featuring uh wild food um from the area so 
we'll see what September brings us, but yeah, we're looking forward yeah. to, to cooking that too. Yeah, it should be a good mix, doing the demos on a Saturday and then a bit more of a luxurious kind of sit down three course lunch on the Sunday. Um, we've, we've done lots of supper clubs down in London. I've hosted a supper club in Edinburgh as well during the Fringe a few years ago. So that's going to be really fun. And that is, do you know which area of festival? In the dome. In the dome. So do you, um, when, you're cook when you're cooking, like in your day-to-day -day job, do you use a lot of foraged ingredients? Yeah. Um, you know, again, it depends on the season and the kind of menu that I'm cooking for. As, a, as an outside kind of roving caterer, I get pulled in lots of different directions. Um, but, you know, it's always nice if I can get some wild herbs or some um to use as a garnish or something yeah um yeah definitely yeah. I've, I've usually got a pretty good sort of wild food larder in my kitchen in brixton in south london which is where i'm mainly based um so there's all sorts of concoctions in there of stuff that i've preserved um mm -hmm. most recently i managed to get hold of some green walnuts um and and you have to pick them in a very short kind of period of time before the shell starts to harden and then you can pickle them whole um, and it's supposed to be a delicacy. You also found some elderberries didn't you to make capers? Elderberries are out at the moment so yeah um, I've been picking those as well. Do you want to give me your like um, social media handles and how people can kind of find you? Um, yes absolutely so we have a Instagram profile, um, the the underscore van life cookbook. And there's a picture of our turquoise cover uh, as our as our photo. And we'll we're kind of putting um, recipe reels up there and pictures from our trips. And um, yeah, it's a great space to kind of connect with other people um, who are either interested in foraging, other chefs uh van lifers boat lifers um it's a kind of great way to to kind of expand yeah uh yeah expand our yeah. community the underscore van life cookbook and i've got a chef account which is at chef danny jack um so you can follow me there as well for some more chefy related stuff thank you it was very nice to speak to you guys and i look forward to meeting you at the festival same yeah. looking forward <laughs> very much Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Take care. Bye.